Hills presents Intellivision. Intelligent television by Mattel. More sophisticated than any video game that has come before. Providing hours of entertainment for the entire family. Intellivision, with one of the clearest game displays available today. Find this system, plus a complete line of sports and video game cassettes at Hills, where our game is low prices every day. Welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game, and occasionally an Intellivision game, and see if that story bites us bad. My name is Bill, this is episode 178. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. I am recording this on Father's Day weekend, and it occurred to me, what better way could I spend my time on Father's Day weekend than making my kids do things they don't want to do? So, uh, to that end... I have a guest host today. Uh, who are you? Sophie. Who is Sophie? Your daughter. You're my kid, yeah. So she's here. She's helping me out today on the podcast. She has not complained a whole lot yet so far, but, you know, there's still hope. we got a whole however long it takes to record this. So uh, you never know what might happen. All right. Um, how are things going, Sophie? Good. What's new? It's raining today, but yesterday it was sunny. Yeah, it's kind of a rainy day, so we couldn't go out and mow the lawn or anything. So we thought, well, why don't we record a podcast? So that's what we're doing. Uh, plus, this is Saturday, and that means then Sunday, my usual recording day, I can just like sit around and not do anything because it's Father's Day, and I don't have a podcast to record. So I probably will just sit in my underwear all day and uh, eat stuff. No, you won't. While you go mow the lawn and bring me food and beverages. What do you think? Good plan? No. Oh, well, there's still room to discuss that. All right. Uh, Hey, Sophie, do you know how we usually start this show? With your whole, uh, thanks for listening, take a bite out of the story thing. Well, yes, I said that already, right? Yeah. Do you remember what the first segment of the show is? You talk. <laughs> yes. I did suggest one week on the podcast that somebody should do a whole podcast where they don't really say anything. They just, And they just kind of leave the microphone on and they just kind of wander around the house and every once in a while they come back and they report in, oh, I just, you know, made a sandwich or then they go away for a while or oh, yeah, go in the bathroom and then they come back and they say, you know, whatever. And it's just kind of the, the general sounds of the house during the day. And then you put that out, and people could download it, and they'd be like having just somebody else around in the house. That's a stupid idea. <laughs> that is a money, that is a million dollar idea right there. Our house would be very loud. Our house would be very loud, but some houses would be fairly quiet. I mean, it would not be your house. It could be like your workplace, or in the car. Maybe your truck driver could be in your truck, you know, while you're driving down the highway. There's many possibilities. I think this is an awesome idea. 
I don't. I'm going to get rich off the off the uh, sponsorships from like um, um, Starbucks. Starbucks maybe because you could drink coffee while you're doing this recording, and you could um, you could do it like uh, um, I don't know. Amazon, maybe because they have Alexa. Maybe, like, Alexa could talk to your microphone while you're recording your podcast. Really, I just want to get some of that Amazon money. So I'm just trying to figure out how to how to entice them to give me money. We're getting off task. We give Amazon a lot of money. So, um... We? Okay, me. All right, we are getting off task, though. So, how we generally no, no, start... it's the Mark person. The Mark person? The Mike? What's his Mike, name? Mike, yes. That's what we do. Mad we... Mike Hughes. Yep. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. On Facebook this week, the Rocket Man... As always, not to be confused with the real Rocket Man, Elton John, the Elton John biopic that's out right now. We have, on June 14th, there was a post on Facebook with a picture of a rocket on the, you know, mounted on the back of a truck. See? It's a big red they rocket. They can't see. Yes, they can if I hold it up. See? They can't see. They think you guys can't see this, but I hold it up for you and I keep it up so you guys can see in the back. <laughs> I'm very considerate of my listener, Sophie. They can't see it. Whatever. You can't see through a microphone. Okay, Sophie, whatever. All right. So, this post on Facebook, June 14th. Quote, that there is an RV. Close quote. Cousin Eddie from uh, uh, Christmas Vacation. I do appreciate that. Christmas Vacation is one of my favorite movies. Do you think that's how he sounds? That's how he sounds. You've seen Cousin Eddie in the movie, right? What movie? Christmas Vacation. I've never seen Christmas Vacation. Yes, you have. That's the one with um, the Griswolds and... The Griswold Family Christmas? Yeah. It's not called Christmas Vacation, though. Yes, it is. It's called the Griswold Family Christmas. No, it isn't. It's called Christmas Vacation. Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) So, the rest of the post is, or better known as the Rocket Launcher, Mad Mike transforms a Craigslist suburbanite... Suburbanite motorhome into a machine with purpose! Exclamation point. The rocket launcher holds two generators and has the capabilities to launch a rocket from the back. Modern families traveling on their road trips this summer eat your heart out. Also possibly alert Homeland Security if you see a truck with a mo- rocket mounted on the back tooling down the highway. I'm adding that part. Uh, then the post concludes, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at This is Rocket Man. You are not Elton John, Mr. Mike. Yeah, it's very confusing, because there's also a Rocket Man page, or, or Twitter handle, where they post things about the Rocket Man movie. Let's see, on June 12th, oh, they've been very busy lately. Something must be about to happen. On June 12th, the fighter and the kid, whoever they are, share their thoughts on what will happen to Mad Mike on his rocket launch. And there's a, a link to a video that I'm not going to play, because I don't know what's in it, and I don't really care. I guess that's it for new Facebook posts. Let's see what's on Twitter. What do you think about uh, the Rocket Man? Do you remember what he's trying to do, Mad Mike? Shoot a rocket. He's trying to launch a rocket up into the atmosphere, the, like the upper, just at the edge of space, where where the sky meets space. Well, then it'll explode. Well, he's kind of hoping not. And his idea is once he gets up there, then he'll be able to take pictures of the Earth and prove one way or the other whether it's flat. 
So he doesn't care if it's flat or not. He just wants to... Well, see, it's kind of weird. Because he started out, when I started following this guy, he was like, yep, I'm going to prove that it's flat. Because then he got a bunch of flat earth people to give him money to support the rocket. To support building this rock in his backyard, basically. But now, lately, he's been kind of like, well, you know, we're, we're going to see one way or the other. He's Wait, been trying to play both sides. I have a question. For all you listeners out there, how do you think your neighbors would feel if you started building a rocket in your backyard? <laughs> that is an excellent question, Sophie. It would make me nervous if the neighbors started building a rocket in their backyard. Yeah. Yeah. I could see Henry trying to build a rocket in the backyard. I could see Henry trying to build a lot of things in the backyard. We invited Henry to be on the show today, but he was busy uh, watching the Emoji movie. Yeah. The things he does in his free time. I know. All right, let's see. I'm looking for Rocket Man and Twitch. Probably the same posts, but Rocket Man, the movie. No. See, it's confusing because Mad Mike also made a movie, This is Rocket Man, about himself. Not to be confused with Rocket Man, the Elton John movie that's out now. Why would you make a movie about yourself? Well, I, I guess technically someone made it about him. Yep, nothing different on uh, Twitter. Let's see if I can do a s- search. Um, see if anything pops up. So they've got a rocket now, So and there's more posting going on, which makes me think they're about to do something. He's going to explode. When you get into the Earth's atmosphere, it gets really hot, and then it explodes. It's true. There's another shot of the uh, rocket. Don't mind me, folks. I'm just reading. This is great podcasting. I know. Just talk. See, the point of the co-host is to vamp while the other co-host is doing something, which means just fill time saying something. So entertain the listener, Sophie. Okay. Well... I would usually dance for you, but since the listeners can't see what we're doing... New high school dance team member Sophie would usually dance for you. We finished our palms dance this week. Yeah. It's very fast, but we're going to get first place with it. Yep, no doubt. Because we're the best. Yesterday you had a fundraiser car wash. Were you good at washing cars? Yes. You can wash my car. Don't look at me like that. You're not going to give the dance team money. Why would I wash your car? I'm not going to give you money either. I mean, I guess you're giving the dance team money. You give dance team a lot of money. We give dance team a lot of money. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm not really seeing anything else right now. What's this? The internet. Oh, I'm supposed to be talking. Yes, Um, you are. Okay. Do you, so, well, Sophie, I started to ask you before. Do you think the Earth is flat? No, it's round. How do you know? Because what's-his-face said it was. I don't know who said it was. I should know that. I'm aware that the Earth is flat, but I don't remember. I know who you're trying to think of, but... You're aware the Earth is flat? Yeah, I heard that somewhere. It's round. Did I say flat? Yes. I'm Sorry, <laughs> I'm aware the Earth is round. Alexander what's-his-face, right? Because nobody believed him, and then, like, 500 years later, they were all like, Oh, yeah, it is. Sorry, dude. Yeah. Copernicus, right? I thought his name was Alexander. No, Uh, wait. I don't think you're correct. Alexander the Great was the dude who was in the war. That's a little... Yeah. 
he did not discover anything. He discovered how to... He was an awesome uh, soldier, awesome military strategist, but not so much a scientist. Oh, no. It was a dude with a beard, and nobody believed that him. That doesn't really narrow it down. Back then, there were lots of dudes with beard. It was a dude with a gray beard, and nobody believed him. And like, no, you're crazy. And then, like, 500-something years later, after he was long gone, they were all like, oh, yeah, that dude was right. Sorry, dude. And now they're all like, wait, no, that dude was still wrong. And then, like, some people are like, no, the dude was right. So now there are a bunch of people, like, Mad Mike, what's-his-face, that are shooting rockets into the atmosphere, and they're all going to explode. Early Greek philosophers alluded to a spherical Earth, though with some, with some ambiguity. Pythagoras was among those said to have originated the idea. That was a lot of Some idea of the sphericity, sphericity of the Earth seems to have been known to both uh, Perimedes, Perimenides and Empedocles. Aristotle was Plato's prized student and discovered and observed that there are stars seen in Egypt and Cyprus, which are not seen in the northerly regions. I'm, pa- I'm reading this knowledge off the internet and passing it off as my own, by the way. Basically, since the ancient Greek times, we have known that the Earth is round. Someone needs to tell Mad Mike to read some uh, history. But not Wikipedia. But not Wikipedia. Are you on Wikipedia? I am on Wikipedia. How do you know that's true? I don't really. I just kind of assume it's true. Don't use Wikipedia, children. No, not when you're writing your school reports. Don't use Wikipedia. Use .org. That is not Wikipedia.org. Yes. Don't use .coms or websites with a bunch of ads. That's good advice, Sophie. Well done. Yeah. All right. English teacher's been saying it a lot. What you just said is way smarter than anybody in the Flat Earth, anything the Flat Earth movement is saying. So, well done. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. All right. With that, we will close up the Mad Mike Hughes update for today. That took forever. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. All right. Well, we are now in week four of Intellivision Month on the podcast. You're welcome. So this is the last month, or the last. Uh, in week? Su- in uh, June, there are five Sundays, so there'll be one more. June thirtieth is a Sunday, so. Never mind. All right. So we've got one more, or, or we've got another. And television game this week. This week's game is what is it? Lock and Chase. Indeed, from Mattel. Shocker, 1982. All right. Can I describe the game for that? Sure. Is that what you do next? Yep, and I kind of go through the rules of the game. But how? First, how would you sort of summarize what the game is? Okay, so basically, you're a robber and you're trying to rob a bank, and then there are these four policemen, and it's basically like Pac-Man. And you gotta get all the yellow little dots like you do in Pac-Man, and not get eaten by the policemen. Well, maybe we're jumping ahead a little bit, but let let me ask you this: Do you remember playing Pac-Man? Yes. Did you like Pac-Man? Yes. Now you've played Lock and Chase today. I don't think you had played it before today. No. Maybe you had. Um, what did you think of Lock and Chase? The same as Pac-Man. So it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. All right. So, Lock and Chase, the object of the game is your thieves robbing a local bank. Police are in hot pursuit, make tracks down the vault down the vault corridors, swipe gold coins and other treasures as you go. 
Keep one step ahead of the law. Man, there's lots of exclamation points on this. Lock doors and throw cops off your trail. Collide with a cop, he's caught. Keep on the run. We've got overlays for the controllers. You Buttons on the side lock doors for you. The little disc moves your guy. Uh, there's a couple of buttons on the screen basically to control, set the number of players and the game speed, which we really didn't pay attention to. I don't know what speed we were playing at, uh, basically. The normal speed. Speed one, two, or three. I'm not really sure. I assume it was just normal speed. Blue is slowest, green is slow, red is fast, and if you press the disc, you get the fastest speed. I really didn't pay attention in the field report what we were doing. A dot in the upper right corner of the screen indicates which speed you chose. Again, I didn't pay attention. And you play one or two players, a two-player game, you alternate. You're not both on the screen at the same time. How to play. After a moment's delay, the thief automatically enters the vault. The escape doors lock shut. Ah! He can't go through either escape door until all the gold coins are picked up. The four police officers begin to chase him down. And all of them are jerks, especially the yellow one. And the purple one. And the purple one. Press the disc on your hand controller to move the thief around the corridors. Press the disc edge in the direction you want him to go. The thief can dodge police by running through the open side doors. When he exits through one side, he quickly enters on the other side. Be careful. Don't run smack into a policeman on the other side. There are four side doors, but only two are open at the same time. Sometimes the two top are open. Sometimes the bottom two are open. This changes at random, so watch out. Your thief picks up gold coins as he runs. Once your thief has gotten all the gold coins, run him through the top or bottom escape door. You foiled the cops. Play begins again with a whole new set of gold coins to pick up. Points are mounting. Sometimes treasures appear in the center of the screen. You have to land on these fast. They only appear for a short time. If the thief collides with the police, he's caught. Action stops you. Next thief enters the vault. Game ends with all your th- when all your thieves are caught. Score shows. Reset the game. Start again. Automatic doors are constantly locking and unlocking in the vault. They're solid, they are solid green when locked and disappear when unlocked. And police or the thief can't get through when, until they unlock and disappear. You can also give the cops the slip by locking the door behind you. To do this, press any lock door button on the hand controller and the last door the thief came through locks shut. These doors are red. You can only lock two doors at a time. After a few seconds, the doors automatically unlock. Try not to run into any door. You may stick to it. Doors lock horizontally or vertically as the light lines at the light lines in the corridor. You start with five thieves, you get one at a time. When you wrapped up 20,000 points, you get another thief. There are four police officers tailing you. Sometimes you can run right through one, but you never know when that'll happen. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yes, dear. You have to get 20,000 points to get another thief? To get a bonus thief. The yeah. farthest we've gotten is like 2,000. Well, admittedly, we have a way to go, but that would make this podcast super long if we waited until we were able to get 20,000 points. 18,000 more points, people. I think we can do it. Yes. All right. Should we just quit recording and go try? Yes. All right, here we go. Sorry, people. Bye. Okay, we're back. Did we do it? No. No, no. You're supposed to say yes. Oh, yes. We got 100,000 points. It was. It was craziness. We broke the game. We got so many points. Yeah, it doesn't work anymore. Nope. Darn it. You think they bought it? Yeah. Okay, good. There are gold coins throughout the vault. Pick them up and your score rises. When the cash bag or one of ten treasures appears on the screen, run over it quickly. When the thief grabs the loot, the screen shows how many points you got. Tips. 
You can lock the thief behind doors to keep the cops away. Hope they move on and you can escape when the door unlocks. The police can come through open side doors too, so don't stay around these areas. You can set the speed for the next game and at the same time keep the high score from the last game. Do this at the end of games by pressing 1, 2, or 3 for the slow speeds, or press any lock door button for the fastest speed. When the police are tailing close in any of the four corners, try to trap him in the corner by, lock by locking a door behind and in front of him. Get extra points for this. We're not that clever. No. The score shows on the screen at all times. Each gold coin the thief picks up is worth 20 points. The first cash bag is worth 500. The second is 1,000. The third is 2,000. The fourth is 4,000. As the thief, thief cleans out the vault the first time, he picks up hats. Hat is 200 points. As the thief cleans out the vault the second time, he picks up crowns, which are worth 300. As the thief cleans out the vault the third time, he picks up briefcases for 500. As the thief cleans out the vault for the fourth time, he picks up phones. Phone is worth 100. Hold on. Does that look anything like a phone? No. No. The hat I can see, uh, only because it's also what the character's wearing, so I know it's a hat. The crown, I can kind of see it. The briefcase, I can see it. Uh, that doesn't even look like an old-timey 1980s phone. No. Yeah. It looks like a weird, like, battery thingy. Yeah, exactly. That's what I think, too. Discover six or more treasures when you advance to higher levels. When you get 100,000 points, like we did today... Yes. Uh, the game automatically sets up at the highest speed. Oh, man. That was exciting, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Once you get 300,000 points, the scoring begins at zero again. Which I couldn't believe. I thought maybe you just started over, but now yeah. we know because yeah. we got three hundred thousand points. Yeah, that that's what was happening. At the end of each game, you will see a number under the center score. This tells you how many times you have reached three hundred thousand. You can reach three hundred thousand a total of two hundred times, like we did. Yeah, for a possible score of sixty million. You guys, we had the all-time high <laughs> score for Lock and Chase. We have sixty million <laughs> points. <laughs> If any of you out there has also scored 60 million points, send me a screen capture and uh, prove it. Okay, well, if they're playing on a television like ours, they cannot screenshot it. Right, but if they're playing like on an emulator on a computer, then they could. Yeah, but how do you know they're playing Otherwise, on you did have to go all old school and just take a picture of the screen and send it to me, because otherwise I'm going to think you're lying. Because right, we're definitely not lying. No, we're totally not lying. You don't even need proof. No. Just take our word for it. Alright. Well, that is how you play Lock and Chase. Okay. What next? Next, I'm going to tell you what other people thought about Lock and Chase. Oh. Are they good or bad? Let's find out. They better not be bad. I'm going to come for you people. They better not, because Sophie already said... She likes this game. And because Sophie, I think it's fair to say, not a person who likes video games. No. Generally. Okay, but if you leave bad comments, the people on Lock, that created Lock and Chase are going to be very sad. And you're going to lower their, their self-esteem. That's right. So think you, about the self-esteem, you got to be nice. Be nice. Or I'm going to publicly embarrass you. Well, first, for those people who don't know, Lock and Chase was a 1981 maze arcade game from Data East in Japan and later published in North America by Taito. It was, as you, we already know, Data East's response to Pac-Man, licensed to Mattel, who produced the Intellivision and Atari 2600 versions in 82 and an Apple II version in 83. 
It was part of Data East's Deco cassette system and licensed to Taito, the last Taito cabinet released in the old style cabinets. Taito's next arcade release, Quix, changed over to the familiar Taito cabinet style used until the mid-80s. A clone for the Atari 8-bit family was published in 84 as Money Hungry. What do we think? Is Money Hungry or Lock and Chase a better title? Lock and Chase. Yeah, I agree. There was an updated version in 1990 called, uh, for the Game Boy. The original version is included in the Nintendo Wii release Data East Arcade Classics and a release on the PlayStation Network both in 2010. The Game Boy version was released on Nintendo 3DS in 2012. Telegames later republished the game for the Atari 2600 after getting the rights from Mattel. In 2018, Jason Vazilov set a new world record of 136,140 points. Well, we set the Whatever. new one because we got 60 million yeah, points, we, sir. Whatever, Jason Vazilov. He did that record at the Fun Spot Family Fun Center in New Hampshire. Well, we did it right in our own house. Yeah, so. no kidding. Huh. <laughs> okay, now I want to yell at people for leaving bad reviews. All right, so MTV Funhouse observed that Lock and Chase is a superb adaptation of the arcade game. I liked it better than the MAME version. I think Lock and Chase deserves much praise. Graphics are crisper, or crisp and clear. The sound effects are beautiful. The little tune that plays when the money bag appears is excellent. Even the squick squawk of Lupin picking up the coins is well done. That is an awesome way to describe that sound. That's how I hear it now. Squick squawk, squick squawk, squick squawk. <laughs> well done, you reviewer. If it would have been possible, I'd have liked the coppers to be more colorful, but it appears that all of the extra moving objects were used on Lupin instead. Lock and Chase is easily one of the best Pac-Man clones for Intellivision. I like it even better than the original. You're a very nice person, yeah, sir. Yeah, was a really good review. Except for the part about the cops. No, you don't agree? Why? Because they were very bright. You think they were bright enough? They didn't need more color? Yes. I think the whole game has a lot of color to they it. They don't deserve to be colorful. They come eat you. They're not eating you. They're catching <laughs> you and arresting you. How do you know they're I don't they're think not they're cannibal you. cops. How do you know they're not eating you? No, I don't, but I think that'd be a whole different game. <laughs> that'd be one game you got there. Yeah, it would. That made no sense. Sorry, it's a podcast. Nothing has to make sense. <laughs> All right. Oh, this is called the Video Game Critic. I already don't like the name. <laughs> You're critical of the name Video Game Critic? Okay, well, it's Critic, and Critics are mean. Well, they gave it an A-. minus. It deserves an A. In 1982, Pac-Man uh, was taking arcades by storm. Net Mattel needed an answer to keep their system relevant. Enter Lock and Chase. It didn't set the world on fire, but Intellivision fans regard this as a legitimate classic. He likes how the doors gradually disintegrate after a few seconds. The police are relentless and intelligent. You can't easily fake them out as they tend to mimic your movements. Uh, to maximize your score, you want to nab any bonus items. And don't relax once you clear the maze, because you're not out of the woods until you exit through the escape hatch. The game makes me wish the Intellivision had joysticks. I agree. I don't like trying to move around that maze with the little disc thing on the controller. I would rather use a joystick. Do you have any feelings about that, Sophie? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm just kidding. I, 
Don't you love recording podcasts with It's me? great. I know. Okay, I would rather have the joystick, too. All right, we all agree on that. Because then you got to, like, press the little side buttons, and then your finger slips off, and then it's like, well, darn it, because now there's not a door, and I just got eaten by the cannibal police officers. The video game critic concludes, Lock and Chase provides some of the best arcade action the system has to offer. I have just made an observation. Hit me. Okay. So, on the front of this direction manual the dude the police officer looks like a pig he does he does actually on the cover for the uh manual he does look like a like pig. he's blowing a whistle but the whistle makes it look like a nose it looks a little bit like a pig nose yep so actually breaking news in lock and chase you are not being chased by police officers you're being chased by pigs not just pigs um man-eating pigs yes because they eat you That makes the game even scarier. That's a whole different game, being pursued by man-eating pigs. I make this podcast so exciting. Hardcore Gaming 101 finds that the biggest difference from Pac-Man is that Lupin doesn't have a power pellet equivalent to dispatch the cops with. Instead, pressing the game's solitary button will drop a gate onto the board left at the last pair of blue lines Lupin crossed. It's a pretty tough game at times, even more difficult than Pac-Man, with no way to actually remove the cops from the board, only detour them. It's a lot harder to avoid them and a lot easier to get cornered. At the very least, the game has a decent amount of personality to it to help set it apart from its inspiration. Overall, Lock and Chase is perfectly functional, a perfectly functional Pac-Man clone that would be a little easier to recommend if it weren't so difficult. It's not a hidden classic, but if you're out to play every variant of Pac-Man ever conceived, you could do far, far worse. The 2600 visually bears little to no resemblance to the original. The Intellivision is far more representative of the actual game, and about as close to the original as the hardware can get, aside from a slightly smaller maze. The Apple II version is somewhere between the 2600 and Intellivision in terms of graphical and sound capabilities, but generally plays pretty smoothly. If you can deal with a slightly smaller maze and some odd keyboard controls. Alright, well, after the break... Wait, I'm sorry, is there anything else you would like to say about the history of Lock and Chase before we move on? It's old. That's a good summary of everything I just said. You said about the history. That's fair. All right. Well, after the break, lock and chase, chase and lock. See? So many options. That was two. Okay. Here we are, getting ready to do a field report on Lock and Chase. Recording this Father's Day weekend, so what better way better way to celebrate Father's Day than to make your kids do things with you? So, I have one of them with me here, out in the field. Do you enjoy being out in the field, Sophie? Sometimes. Well, that's good enough. So, we're going to play Lock and Chase. We've been playing a little bit already, before we started recording. Um, what do you think so far? It's hard. It's hard. And the, the little policemen cheat. The policemen cheat, yeah. That's good, a good life lesson, Sophie. Policemen cheat. <laughs> I'm kidding. All you police officers out there, it's a joke. Ha, ha, ha. Don't pull me over. Um, <laughs> do you remember Pac-Man, Sophie? Yes. This is kind of like Pac-Man, isn't it? It is like Pac-Man. It is like Pac-Man. All right. Well, let's play it and see how much like Pac-Man it is. Except you're robbing a bank. Except you're robbing a bank. Also a good life lesson. Uh, robbing banks is a good thing. All right. Ugh. 
know it. He's kidding. Turn on the thing. How do I turn on the thing? The right button. This button? Push it to the right side. Push it to the right. No, just slide it over to the right. There you go. Oh. I dig that crazy music. <laughs> Alright, I am player one. Looking at a screen that looks very much like Padman's screen. Bright colors, though. Very vibrant. Looks more like a arcade Pac-Man than Atari Pac-Man looked like arcade Pac-Man. Get away from me! Ha! Except then I ran into the yellow... I managed to lock a red cop out, but I ran into the yellow cop. Isn't that always the way? Because you can put up a wall. Alright, Sophie's out. Uh, Sophie's up. You can get that. Oh, it's gone now. If you could get to that dollar sign and get it, then you get to crush all the cops for a few seconds, I guess. Ow. I was trying to be sneaky and get the one little yellow dot next to the yellow cop, but he caught me. Alright, Sophie's up. You locked yourself in. Ha ha! No, I did it. Oh, look at you being sneaky. These cops are following me. Oh, oh, oh. You walked right into that one. Hey. All right, I'm up. Let's I got more yellow dots do than it. you. Yeah, you're leading right now. Boom. I neutralized those cops. For like I, two seconds. I didn't have time to actually go. Man, the yellow cop again. Grr, curse you, yellow cop. <laughs> Shut up. It's very serious. Okay. Oh, man, I walked right past it. You did. Go through. You've gone to the right through that tunnel and come out on the other side. Oh. Oops. Oh man. That yellow cop yellow is gonna cop. get you again. Oh, yellow cop. Wait, I don't have that many yellow ones left. I know, you're doing pretty well. I'm the best. Ooh, you got trapped. That stupid purple cop. Purple cop. Purple cop, if you're listening, we're not friends. Ouch, take that, purple cop. Uh, <sighs> yellow cop! Ugh. That yellow cop really does not like you. My game is over. Wait, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven little yellow things left. Oh, wait, I forgot what I was doing. <laughs> that purple cop was about to get me again. They were smarter than you. I had four dots left. Alright. Well, game over, man. Got pretty good. 2080 for me, 1760 for you. Not bad for like the third time you played this game. I didn't do much better than you, so. <laughs> Alright. Well, back to you in the studio.
Right? See you there? Yeah. Alright. Hey Atari fans, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Join Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review cartridge-based games for the Atari's last answer, the 8-bit gaming system, as well as delve deep into their history. Kieran will also introduce everyone to the UK's budget games. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. All right. So, Sophie, here's the thing about Lock and Chase. I like Lock and Chase. Do you like Lock and Chase? I said it three times. Yes, I like Lock and Chase. I'm old Sophie, and I forget things. Wait, when's the part where we tell the story about what we think? We're getting there. Okay, okay. Relax, little girl. I am not a little girl. I am a high school freshman. You'll always be a little girl to me. No, I won't. And I'll always be old. Yeah. Because it's true. I'm just going to keep getting older. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. I like the game. We've kind of covered everything. It, it looks good. I don't remember playing Lock and Chase in the arcade. I probably did. I don't really remember it. But uh, the look on the screen reminds me of an arcade game, which I guess is what they're going for with most of these games. Colors are good. The sound is good. The play is good. It does add that extra dimension to Pac-Man that you don't get with the locking doors and whatnot. Um, and it, it's certainly a more pleasant-looking game than the Atari 2600 Pac-Man looks if that sentence makes sense. Uh, so I'm very happy with it. Sophie's bursting. She wants to say something. No, we have to get to the part where I tell my story. Oh, all right. We're getting there. Well, let's do that now. It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story Story, story, story time with Bill. All right, Sophie, I think, has a story. Okay, so since the people, the police officers look like pigs, we're going to say they're pigs. Since they're man-eating pigs, the person robbing the bank is the farmer, and the farmer's trying to make bacon out of them. So they're all like... <laughs> Why is the farmer robbing a bank? I never said the farmer was robbing you a bank. You just said we're making the person robbing a bank a farmer. Okay, well, he's not robbing a bank. He's just a farmer. Is he just hunting uh, pigs that wear police outfits and walk around? Yes, he's a weird farmer, so he dresses up as pigs. And he's running around the pig pens because these man-eating pigs are chasing him because he tried to make them into bacon. Oh, not happy about that. No. All right. So. Did you know there have been cases where farmers fell into pig pens and the pigs ate them? I just freaked her out. That wasn't where I was going with that story. All right, carry on. Carry on. Okay, wait. That's as far as I got in my story. 
in my head. You need more story. I know, I'm getting more story. Okay, so at the end, if you get eaten, then like, it's kind of like reverse hangman. Whoa. How is it like reverse hangman? Okay. First of all, what is reverse hangman? So I'm trying to explain it to you. So when you get, so since you get five farmers, when you first get eaten, they only bite your leg off. And then they bite your other leg off, and then they bite your, your arms off, and then they bite your head off, and then you're dead. So that's your five. Okay. And then you're dead. And the money is like, here pigs, I'll bribe you with money to make you stop chasing me. And then when they put the walls up, it's when the farmer and the pigs box. In Russia, in February 2019, a Russian woman was eaten alive by her own pigs after she had a seizure and fell into the pen. He really looked that up. A family member of an Oregon pig farmer discovered his relative's body parts scattered across the pen in Ew. 2012. That's disgusting. Life lesson, don't fall into a pig pen and get eaten. Pigs are omnivores and opportunistic carnivores. So yeah, they'll eat a people. They'll eat a person if given a chance. That's why at the zoos, they tell you not to stick your fingers in the pig pen because they're going to eat you. So kids, listen to your parents. Anyway, is there more to your story? Um, I don't think so. Because he died, so there's not much left to do. The, the pig cop died? No, the farmer died. Okay. When game's over, the farmer's dead. Okay. I feel bad for the farmer. A moment. We'll take a, a moment here for the farmer. Okay. You grow nice corn. <laughs> well, you did, but you're dead now. So. <laughs> You'll, your son will take over for you. Just kidding. He just called and said he didn't want to. <laughs> this has taken a sad, dark turn. This podcast has. But your daughter will, because your daughter's the bestest. <laughs> wink, wink. All right. Well, it's time for my story. Actually, this week, I have a poem. Uh-oh. I'm initiating Bad Poetry Corner. Attention, I've had- everybody. My father here is resigning as a podcaster because <laughs> he's going to become a poet. No, no, I can do both. It's fine. I've had other poems on the show before, but I've never uh, declared them to be part of Bad Poetry Corner. But when you hear this one today, uh, I think you'll agree that it, it's, it should be in Bad Poetry Corner. <laughs> so this one is called Deadlocked. Chup, this is serious. <laughs> Poetry is serious. Be quiet. Stop it. Stop it. Continue. I can't. <clears throat> I'm going to leave the room. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm a thief. I run through the night, searching for a victim. I firmly believe my cause is right. People exist for me to trick them. Nowhere to rest, not a moment to lose. Constantly chased, be it cops or loves lost. This door is locked, that one is too. I never stay in one place, but at what cost? 
Why, Lupin? Why do I do it? This life of crime? Well, what other life is there? I made my choices. There's no time. I could make excuses, but they won't care. I could have been a cop, you know. But money is a siren call. Life is a river with unpredictable flow. But cash buys access to all. No Robin Hood am I, no peasants cheer. What I take is for me alone. What's yours is mine, that I hold dear. My reputation has only grown. The banks all know me, but I don't fear. Kathy knew me too. My infamy is a fine story to hear. But not to my Kathy Lou. Another narrow escape. This escapade is through. This life to some is a mere jape. But it's the only life I ever knew. Are you coming back? All right. So, Sophie, my co-host, has composed herself. It was so quiet, and the first line went, I am a thief. If I didn't know better, I'd think you were mocking my art. Stop mocking my art. Bad Poetry Corner is very important. Okay, I'm sorry. Sir, yes, sir. And that's our show. I am no Robin Hood. Thanks to Sophie for being here today and being so supportive. You are so welcome, my dearest father. <laughs> Thanks also to Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. I'll bet his daughter doesn't mock his art. How do you know he has a daughter? I don't, actually. Exactly. Thanks to Mike Mann for the Mad Mike Hughes theme. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. Oh, hi, Sean. Hi, Sean. You can find Atari Bytes on many podcatchers. Lock in a review on Apple Podcasts so that other listeners don't have to chase after quality programming such as this. Shut up. <laughs> this is quality programming, people. <laughs> Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also look us up on Instagram. Also, you can call us now and leave a voicemail too. 563-265-1978. Don't worry, neither I or Sophie will ever, ever answer the, f- answer the phone. You just call and leave us a voicemail. Maybe I'll play it on the show. Wait, that is not our phone number. No, it's not. It's purposely not our phone number. It's just a phone number specifically for people to call and leave voicemail. So how are you going to get the voicemail? It's a Google thing. Google has an app where you can people can call, and it records the voicemail for you, and you can uh, download it and put it on your podcast. But what if I want to talk to one of your fans? Well, too bad, because we're not going to answer the phone. Sorry, fans, but... Uh, Do you hear this man right here? He doesn't want to talk to you. Oh, 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 oh. I forgot to say things about what was in the box for my Atari game, for my Atari game, my Intellivision Lock and Chase game. I had uh, the cartridge, obviously. I had the overlays and the instruction manual. And then also there was a catalog, Intellivision, Intelligent Television, Mattel Electronics catalog with a whole bunch of Intellivision games in it. So I figured this is worth some money. See, have I played any of these games? Run the television? Probably not on the television. Astro Smash, Star Strike, Space Battle. Space Battle I have. Space Hawk, Space Armada I certainly have. We just did that on the podcast recently. Night Stalker, 
Tron Deadly Discs. I've never seen Tron. Maybe we need to watch Tron for a movie night sometime, Sophie. What's that? It's a really old science fiction movie. Ew. <laughs> Alright, we'll talk about it. Really, Tron 2. Really old and science fiction. Hey, Lock and Chase. Hey, I don't think I've played that before. I've heard of it. Yeah. Sub Hunt, Sea Battle, Armor Battle, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, Snafu, Frog Bog. I have Frog Bog, but I haven't played it. Triple Action, NFL Football. Henry might like that. NHL Hockey, Major League Baseball. We have that one. NBA Basketball, PBA Bowling, NASL Soccer, Tennis, PGA Golf, U.S. Ski Team Skiing, Boxing, Auto Racing, USCF Chess, Utopia. Ooh, it's Utopia. That looks interesting. I want that game. Reverse, Reverse E. No, it's Reverse E, right? With an I at the end instead of an E. Reverse I. Reverse I. How do you know it's not Reverse E? How do you know it's not Reverse I? I don't. Exactly. All right. Royal Dealer. A, B, it's not the letters, man. A, B, P, A, Backgammon. I think... Backgammon's a fun game. We should get the Backgammon game out sometime and play it. I used to like that game. This man right here needs to go back to kindergarten because he doesn't know his letters. Me, 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 me. Me, 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 me. Checkers, horse racing, Las Vegas roulette. Just did that last week on the podcast. Las Vegas poker and blackjack. The Electric Company. Oh, man, I loved the Electric Company when I was a kid. The Electric Company makes you pay money. No, no, it was a TV show for kids. It came on right after Sesame Street. Sesame Street? Yeah. The Electric Company... Oh, another one. The Electric Company Word Fun. Join the official Intellivision Game Club. If any of you out there was a member of the uh, Intellivision Game Club, hey, it was you mailed your stuff to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Interesting. But, but the other thing that was in the box with my game, for reasons unknown... Everybody hold on to your hat. Was a piece of paper, apparently from a math test, with three math questions on it. I'm going to test you. Question 1A, 15 minus 2. 13. That's correct, although apparently I wrote the wrong answer first, because there's a number crossed out. Like 17, maybe? Oh, maybe you tried to add 2. Yeah, but I did. Question 2A, 14 minus 4. 10. Very good. Question 3A. 15 minus 0. This is a tricky one. 15. Except you wrote 12. Except I wrote 12. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, I hope this wasn't actually mine, although it probably was. Why it's in here, I don't know. Maybe I was hiding it. Maybe I didn't want Grandma to see this. (laughs) Sorry, Grandma. Uh... I don't know why this is in here. You guys, it took me a long time to answer that, and I'm going into honors geometry next And it appears to have been a rectangle that was cut out of a bitter math page, and I don't know why. It's a mystery. Maybe it was, like, one of Henry's. No. I don't know why Henry's math would be in there. It doesn't look like my writing, even when I was a kid, but it could have been, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it was one of your umpteen zillion brothers. If any of you... Nah, we didn't really have these games when they were kids. If any of you knows why a math paper was in my box with this television game, write in and let me know. Or leave a voicemail on a non-existent number. Or leave a voicemail. It's an existing number. We just don't answer it. It just goes to voicemail. Well, that's stupid. 
You know, no, when people don't answer my phone calls, I get very angry. Yeah, but in this case, people know that when they when they call, no one's going to answer. It's going to be What if it's like somebody trying to offer you like Medicare and it's like a robot? I especially don't want to talk to them. <laughs> oh, hi, Jason, the robot. That was very nice of you. Yeah. All Jason right. calls me a lot. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Please consider supporting the show financially by making a donation on the Atari Bytes Patreon page or by picking up shirts and mugs in the AB underscore pod underscore store on Zazzle.com. My kid is very expensive. I could use the money. Yes, she is. Links to all of that in the show notes. Hey, hey, Sophie, do you love Snoopy? Yes. Do you know someone else who loves Snoopy? Mom. Yeah? Mom and many, many other people. And all those people should check out my other podcast. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown. Wait, but it's not just all about Snoopy, though. You're right, it's not. It's your one-stop shop for all things in and around the Peanuts universe. We talk about the TV shows, the comic strip, the movies, They're the stuff you can long. buy, uh, Charles Schultz himself. We have authors on the show sometimes, playwrights. Uh, other interviews. Interviews with other people who know stuff about Peanuts. There's all sorts of things. Just one episode a month on the 15th. They are kind of long, longish sometimes. Peanuts the movie, not Peanuts the food. Yes. We don't talk about legumes. We talked about the Peanuts characters. Snoopy, Charlie Brown, Linus, Woodstock. Lucy. Schroeder, Lucy. Sally. Uh, Sally, Peppermint Patty, Marcy. Stop calling me sir, Marcy. Pigpen, uh, Franklin, Eudora. Um, Eudora? Yeah, she was in some of the strips. Um, Wait, Janice. Isn't there one like Frida or what? Frida. Uh, and her cat, Farron. Uh, the cat next door, Spike. Wait, the cat next door that like always tries to attack Snoopy? Yeah. Uh, I think they get the idea. Spike, Belle, uh, Who is Andy. Belle? These are all Snoopy's brothers and sisters. Oh. Who else do we have? Molly Volley. Um, Jose Peterson. Now I'm just trying to think of all the penis characters I can think of. Um, anyway, you get the idea. If it's anything to do with the penis comic strip or something, anything else that they did, we talk about on that podcast every single month. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown. Go check it out. You like Snoopy. Yes, you do. Or you definitely know people who do. So tell them to go listen to that show. Okay, if you don't like Snoopy, we're going to have to have a conversation because what's not to like about Snoopy? What's not to like about Snoopy? He's an adorable beagle. And he's a dog. And he's a dog. He's a beagle and a dog. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't like dogs, that's an even bigger problem. Seriously. There's no point to life if you don't like dogs or Snoopy. That's right. Okay, continue. Okay. Thank you for that uh, passionate speech. You're welcome. Next time on Atari Bytes. Intellivision Month concludes. Some of you are very happy about that because uh, you're not Intellivision fans and you've been patiently waiting out these episodes. So others of you will be sad because you do like the Intellivision. But one more week of Intellivision Month and we're playing Pitfall. But Bill, you say. Wait, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm going to be here next week too, everybody. Wow, you heard it here, people. Exclusive. Apparently Sophie's coming back next week. Because um, the people love me. Well, of course. But you're all saying they're very confused because you're like, well, Bill, didn't you play Pitfall way back on episode 18 but of the podcast? But this is the Intellivision game. Exactly. I was just guessing. You're correct. It's the Intellivision Pitfall next week here on the podcast. 
What do we always tell people at the end of the show, Sophie? Uh, give me money. Well, yes, that too, but I already told them that. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. That's right. Audio and theme. <laughs> you don't have to read that part. <laughs>